Hello and welcome to a special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and today, as we do every year, we're going to be joined by all our contributors. Emily's going to give us the news, and we're going to speak a little bit about uh, the fire at uh, Notre Dame Basilica in Paris. Billy has a difficult question for dummies. It's not so much for dummies. Hopefully, you guys can help us out with that question. Jillian is also going to be here to tell us what she learned from her kids an Easter lesson, I presume. And in our second half hour, Mark Matthews is going to be here to tell us something really good that is happening in Hollywood. And then Sister Marie Paul Curley will be joining us to give us the windows to the soul to some films about heroes, but not quite the heroes that you're expecting. And uh, this Easter, we're going to be listening to some songs from singers that we've had on the show this past year. They're not all hallelujah songs, but they are songs that will remind us about something that we should remember during this Easter season. So we have music by P.J. Anderson, Corey Marie, and The Thirsting. So let's begin with a good uh, pre-Easter song, a song that makes us think a little bit about Good Friday, but also prefigures Easter. Here's P.J. Anderson with Wood of a Cross from his latest album, Light and Dark. I came into existence Not because you need it But you won't Lord, you wanted me You're the light that pierces darkness With the love that comes to save us That the dark will not overcome Who am I that you want me through it all? Who am I that you come to? Through it all, still you 
You're our greatest love on the wood of a cross. We love poured down. That was P.J. Anderson with Wood of a Cross from his latest album, Light and Dark. And you can learn more about P.J. Anderson at his website, pjandersonmusic.com. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org. That's where you can learn all about what we do here at Salt and Light in 15 minutes, what I learned from my kids with Jillian Cantor. So stay tuned. But uh, here now is Emily with mm-hmm. our news. Yes. Hi, Pedro. Hello. So some sad news from Paris. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure most people know by now. I, I'm sure most people know by now. Um, but still, I think it's, you know, it's good yes. for us to talk about it and, and to just mention maybe for those who perhaps don't know all the details. Yeah, and there's and this has been a developing story because there's always. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, because it, it's really something that hit, you know, they were they talked a lot about the heart of the nation, right? Yes. The Cathedral Notre Dame de Paris being the heart of the nation and that um, now their heart is broken. Um, Which is very interesting, France being such a secular country, and yes. would they have said that about Notre Dame a month ago? Before, the right. The heart of the nation. Exactly, the exactly. Mm. It's actually quite amazing when you see images of the event itself, and yes. you have uh, groups of people kneeling on the ground across from the yes. cathedral and, and, and singing Hail Marys and, yes. you know, or singing other other songs or hymns to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just crowds and crowds of I people know, that are beautiful. hearing this. So, so there really is something that's moving, I think, in the heart of the mm-hmm. of the French and Absolutely. Um, so so yeah, so there have been some very moving images that we've seen uh, throughout the week from mm-hmm. this um, from this devastating event, um, an eight hundred and fifty year old gothic building. Yes. Um, and a lot of architects are trying to see you know how how this can be rebuilt. like for them, this is this is incredible because it's yes symbol a symbol of gothic architecture that is lost right mm-hmm. um partially so lost, partially lost yes. right because yes. uh, as we know the structure was saved yes. um and and other things as well mm-hmm. uh were saved um the president emmanuel macron um you know he said he called it a terrible tragedy and promised to rebuild it mm-hmm. um and I don't know if you knew this, but 500 firefighters yes, I did hear were that. there yes. to um, to save to save yes. Notre Dame de Paris, which burned for nine hours long. And so yeah. they worked very very hard. And I know it's because it's not easy to figure out how do you put out this fire because it's so high up, like or whatever 90 meter meters or so right. high up, and you can add to the damage if you use too much water. Like this is this right. is the firefighters know what they're doing. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, Pope Francis, uh, right after it happened, he sent a message uh, to the Archbishop of 
Paris, um, Michel Aupetit, and he said, May Notre Dame Cathedral once again become, thanks to reconstruction efforts and the mobilization of all, a sign of the faith of those who built it. Yeah. Um, and the president of the Pontifical Council for Culture said that the okay. Holy See could offer assistance in the reconstruction, um, mm. and he mentioned the expertise in particular of the Vatican yeah, Museum. Yeah, of course. So, um, even in Canada, uh, some bishops expressed their sadness as well, um, in particular the primate of the church in Canada, Cardinal yes. Gérald Cyprien Lacroix, Archbishop Lacroix. of um, Quebec, Quebec City. City. Uh, and he shared his solidarity with the Archbishop of Paris, as well as with the rector of the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um, and he recalled Quebec's own cathedral catch- catching fire in 1922, which they yes. also had to rebuild. And um, so I think this is kind of an opportunity for people to remember that the the cathedral is the heart of the diocese mm-hmm. and that um, a lot true. of them are calling on their parishioners or their faithful in their diocese to come and visit and see and be thankful for mm-hmm. the fact that we have a house or a home um, yeah, in, you know, in our cathedral, which I think yeah. is beautiful. And I think it's very common. I have been hearing uh, many interviews and there's, you know, architects and historical architects or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they say that the fires are very common mm-hmm. in, in the history of cathedrals and churches because, right. you know, they build them, they burn down, they build them again in stone. Right. So, so it's not like this is not... I mean, it's it's sad, but it's yeah. not the end of an era or something. Well, Saint Anne de Beaupré yes, uh, in, in, Quebec, in Quebec, or yeah, yeah. exactly near yes. Quebec City, yes. also burned down, mm-hmm. and uh, it was made of wood. The the yeah. you know there was a lot of wood used in the yeah. construction of it, N- but when anymore. they had to rebuild yes. it, they used stone. Um, stone. Yeah, exactly. I, know. I think that's very. Common. So who knows? Who knows what materials they're going to use now? But uh, and it's not the first time that the cathedral in Paris. Um, has undergone a lot of no, changes. I mean, no. it's been around for yes. 850 years, it so is. not. And the it sounds time. like they have a lot of money to fix it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They've already raised one billion dollars yeah, to rebuild crazy. this church yeah. in less than 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. So pretty incredible. Um, and they were able to salvage uh, Christ's crown of thorns, mm. um, as well as the robe of Saint Louis or King Louis King the Ninth. Yeah. Um, and among some of the treasures that were mm-hmm. in the cathedral. So, all right. Moving on, yes. there's, I think we could talk for a long time about about everything uh, that right. has to do with this cathedral. Do you want to um, mention a bit about? What's but I wanted been to mention exactly yeah. because, as we know, every year Pope Francis um, celebrates uh, the masses for the Tridium yeah, as well yes. as Easter, and um, this week he he celebrated for Holy Thursday. He celebrated um, a mass with prisoners in Velletri, so about 36 miles from Rome, and washed the feet of 12 inmates. Now, this is something Pope Francis does doing it, yes. every year since the beginning of his pontificate, um, whether that be at a juvenile detention center or with people with severe handicaps, right. um, refugees. He's done it with refugees before and a few other times with prisoners. So, um, if you know, for those of you who have missed this Mass or who would like to read his, his homily yes. during this celebration, you can also go to our website, Salt and Light TV dot org um, slash Holy Week and there you'll find everything's there everything there as well as information about tonight's Easter Vigil Mass uh, Sunday Easter Mass and yes, there's and also the, the Urbi at Orbi so everything's there saltandlighttv.org all the text thank you Emily yes Very you're good. welcome Pedro. happy Easter happy Easter to you too Emily Callan is our news producer. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Daniel Oberreiter, lead singer of the Catholic rock band The Thirsting, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pig. You're listening to a special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Um, the best place to stream or download this program is at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... Just for Dummies. 
with Billy Chan, who was responsible for that website. Yeah. <laughs> SultanLightTV.org. <laughs> yes, yes. Please go to the website and leave us more messages. Oh, I thought you were going to say and leave us more money. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. So do you you have a difficult question today. I have a very difficult question. Is, the reason is, is this. Is it an Easter question? No, the, the reason is this. Um, yeah. This is uh, also my wife's question. Okay, oh, I think all your this. questions are your wife's questions. <laughs> I said you might her here, right? <laughs> she should, yeah. I said you might her Yeah, Anissa, we should invite her. Yeah. Okay, so uh, because um, a week ago, yeah. um, it was the week of Palm Sunday, yeah. we watched a movie together, uh-huh. yes. Passion of the, the Passion Christ. Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson. Which is, um, it was her first time to watch okay, it. Okay, yeah. And she was like, you know, holding the cushion and just do not want to <laughs> look yes. at those Yeah, those I think a lot of people a lot of people watch the movie with a cushion. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so um, uh, she actually has a question and I, I I kind of know the answer but it's hard to, to explain it. Okay, so you're going <laughs> to ask me. I'm going to ask you. So I would let you to, to talk to her, you know, okay. through the, 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 the radio. Through the radio. Okay, so um, when... Uh, you know, everyone knows Peter uh, rejected yeah. Jesus yeah, denied, for three times. Yeah, he denied, denied him three right? times. Right? Denied yes. him three times. But the thing is, the, the night before, Jesus said it. Yes. You are going to deny me three times. Yes, before the cock crows. Before the cock crows. Yes. So, does it mean we have no free will? We, we everything is dedicated. Everything is is not a it's, choice anymore. Uh, yeah, but Jesus asked, said, yeah. "Oh, three times." Yeah, you're saying you're, you're you're. It's a question that a lot of people have been asking for many years. Many years about. So f- we are not the first one. No, you're not the first one to ask this oh. question about pre where, whether our future is predetermined. Yes, fate. Yes, whether fate is predetermined. And, and the topic is very hit right now because of the artificial intelligence um, uh, thing. You okay. know. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, predict, so predictive, <laughs> predictive, predict, you thing, mean predictive. Yes. Uh, so we are going uh, to use AI to predict a lot of things. Yeah, but you can only predict them accident. to a certain point. Correct. And you can predict things. Sorry, I think it's different because you can predict things like a flood based on the cues that nature is giving you. Of so course. they can predict earthquakes or whatever. But they, can't, we, but we they predict. can't predict human behavior. Okay. Like, like in God Friended Me. <laughs> which is why I love that show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I love it. Because, because the premise of that show is that that someone can actually predict yes. how someone's going to behave and where you're going to be to bump into someone who may yeah. or may not be there. It's impossible because our fate is not predetermined. The fact that God, and in this case, in your question, yes. Jesus, mm-hmm. can see or, or know what's going to happen in the future doesn't mean that it's predetermined. It just means that Jesus already sees what ha- what is going to happen as if it had just happened. So the way the way you and I look at the past, yeah, God can see the future, but that doesn't mean that it's predetermined. But you so in the in the future that Jesus sees, Peter has already made his choice to deny him three times. So basically, at that moment, yeah. But the can, thing is that we, we say no. that at that moment, Peter has already decided. No, not at that moment, because it doesn't happen in time, in chronological time. So you and I see time chronologically we look to the back mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. and we see to the so it's linear to the future god doesn't the, the, for for god time doesn't exist in that yeah in he's seen in a different dimension says, yes right so so it's like we can say that every time we celebrate the eucharist is exactly the same thing as jesus, 2000 years ago exactly jesus is not being killed again mm-hmm. sacrificed again yeah. but it's happening at that moment because yeah. it's always happening in time 
Okay. You could say that everything mm -hmm. is always happening in time, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we don't have free will. We still have choice because if we did not have free will, then that means that God, love God does not love us. Yeah, there's no unconditional love. There's no unconditional. No, there's no love. Period. Because okay. love demands freedom. Uh huh. If I don't so give if, you if freedom, I'm I, I don't. You're not love, loving me. Yeah, you're not loving me. Just so like Beauty and the Beast, right? Just like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. No. 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 Because he said. Yes. He, he let bow. Yes. Leave. You can leave if Be you really love yeah, me. Yeah. Because I. And she stays. That is so romantic. Okay. Please don't start singing. <laughs> Thought you were gonna start singing that song. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, so in that case, um, uh, uh, when you know a lot of people also saying that uh, Jesus predict himself to die. Uh, um, uh, like he predetermined. Jesus said that he was going to die, so he knew he was going to. He die. knew he he was going to die. Y yeah, and I think that that's possible, as God would would know what is happening in the future. Um, you can also interpret a lot of those l lines in that Jesus, that that was his destiny, the way I would say like my destiny is to have grandchildren or whatever, because that's what I want or that's what I hope for or that's what I think is going to happen, but it might not happen. Now, remember a few weeks ago that you asked me about, you know, why did Jesus have to die? Yeah. And did he have to die on the cross because yeah. he does not get hit by a bus? Yeah. Um, again, it's like the circumstances of him dying. He's not fixed. Well, I don't know. I, I would say it's not fixed. All those things. But but remember, it's like the <laughs> fact that this has to happen exactly at this time and Judas had to be here exactly at this time. Yeah, if there's and no Caiaphas Judas. And Herod had to, you know, like all these things had to come into place. But you can say that about anything. I mean, I mean the, 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 the fact that uh, terrorists were able to t take a plane and hijack a plane and fly it into the, the Twin Towers mm -hmm. in New York City. All, all these things, like that was so impossible, but everything aligned so that it w it was possible, okay, based okay. on their choices, but that doesn't okay. mean that it was predetermined. So that basically means Peter still have a choice. Peter still had a choice at that moment when people recognize that he is the follower of Jesus. He can still say yes. Yes, he could have, and who knows? Maybe and he would Bible have. He would have been crucified <laughs> sooner. <laughs> and 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, Jesus had a choice mm -hmm. when Jesus is in the garden and he says, "I really don't want to go yeah, through he this." Want to. He yeah. could have said, you know what, I, actually, I'm going to get, isn't that a movie, The Last Temptation yeah. of Christ, that he decides yeah. to not yeah. die on the cross? <laughs> Mary had a choice. And we could say that Mary was conceived without sin, so does that mean that it was predetermined? Oh, yeah. But, but no, Mary you, could have said no. There if, could we have follow, been. if we follow your, 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 your idea saying that it has been happened, like... It's always... I the, would think that that's time. a good way to think about how uh -huh. God sees time, that, yeah. it, that, that, that everything is happening constantly always in eternity but, but I don't I mean we cannot understand yeah, yeah. that because it's so I mean it's not us um, I hope Anissa will understand this I think so I think so and just just leave Anissa with the, with the thought that um, the angel Gabriel appeared to like a whole bunch of women yeah. that all said no so, and Mary was like number seven <laughs> I, I don't know like we don't know that would be a funny story. Okay, skit. so it's a joke, okay? It's a joke, yeah. <laughs> Don't that's not theology. Okay. So I hope I hope yeah. So so yeah. ask Anisa, yeah, of course. Billy's wife, to see if that answer is satisfactory. And I will ask her to come here. And 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 she can uh, <laughs> she can uh, reach you as can everybody else through Twitter 
if you have problems with Billy's answers to these no, questions. No, your answer. With your questions. Anyway, Billy Chan, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank and, you. And uh, we'll see you. Well, oh, I'll see you Soon. next week. Yeah. Anyway, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, our, our seasoned radio host and genius behind saltandlighttv.org. You can send him Church for Dummies questions and give him answers at his uh, Twitter, at uh, bjochan. Hi, everyone. I'm Corey Marie, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour online here at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Maybe you're hearing it over the radio, but you might be hearing it online. The Salt and Light Hour is also on Roku. It's on iTunes and on the Google Music Store. And this is our special Easter edition. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, and happy almost Easter. Happy almost Easter. Easter. And I always think that it's going to be like an Easter lesson, but it always ends up being like a Lent or Holy Week lesson, yes, because Easter's not Lent. here yet. No, sorry. I'll share some joy with you next time. Next time we'll do Easter lessons. Yeah. Easter bunny uh, lessons. I don't know if you can hear my baby crying in the background. Just imagine that as the sorrow of Lent you're, being <laughs> verbalized. You're just letting your kid cry in the background because you're... <laughs> Don't worry, the four-year-old is babysitting him. <laughs> okay, good mar- mothering advice with Jillian Cantor. <laughs> okay. Well, now I feel like I don't have a good enough lesson because I've abandoned my child. No, okay, he's fine. He's fine. He's not <laughs> crying anymore. So did, what, did, what did your kids teach you other than do not leave me on the floor with right. my four-year-old sister? Right. This Lent, we have um, explored many lessons, but the one I'll talk about today is that we often find Jesus in the sitting and the waiting. Mm. So uh, one of our Lenten family activities has been, I'd like to say a full-on rosary um, every evening, but it, that's a lot for little kids. So we've yeah. chosen to do a decade every night after supper. And then our eight-year-old Henry expanded on that, and he said, how about we each write a prayer, and then after the rosary is done, we'll take turns each reading our prayer. Wow. One a night. We get a draw from a box and that person gets to read their prayer. Yes. And then Annie expanded on that and we'll sing Jesus Loves Me and then Joseph and then we'll say the St. Michael prayer. So it actually is probably by the time we're done that we might as well have it's, said an it's entire It's a whole religion. liturgy. <laughs> you have a whole paraliturgy there and I'm glad Henry is your theologian, right? He's the one who yeah. started it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the prayer that I have written for uh, to put in the box for when I, my name is drawn goes like this. Heavenly Father, Lent is hard. When we want to watch a show, show us a new opportunity. When we want to eat something sweet, help us to be sweet to one another. When we would rather play than pray, let our praise be fun. And may a Lent that is hard make us better servants of God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So isn't that a super amazing prayer that I gave to my kids, but I don't actually follow that advice myself? (laughs) That's... (laughs) As I think I've said in previous years, um, when Lent is hard, and often I make it hard for myself because I don't just give up one thing. I feel like in order to be truly penitential, I'm going to give up all the things. Yeah, right. But inevitably, I cave. It's too hard. Yes. I I let the temptation take over, um, and I I convince myself it's necessary because of whatever the situation I'm in, whether it's that I'm tired or it's been a long day with a baby or whatever it is. I 
have those excuses that say, it's okay if I break this one thing this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, yeah, in consuming other people's information, their thoughts on what Lent is or how hard it is, I, I read the words, um, Lent will often find you, which I thought was interesting because what does that mean? Does that mean we just never give anything up and we just let life in its difficulties mm-hmm. and situations be our Lent? Is that enough? Um, But then as I'm pondering that, I'm actually going to pick him up right now. Our dear sweet Leo (laughs) has been pretty sick these last, this last week, this last week of Lent, in fact. Hey, Buster. Hi. Yeah, Um, Leo's saying Lent is hard. Yeah, Lent is hard. And while being sick, all Leo wanted was, of course, his mama's arms, which meant up all night with him, like literally literally sitting with him in my arms all night um, and all through the day as well. And Lent was hard. <laughs> Carrying Leo around that much was hard. And the only thing I could really do, as opposed to trying to, as opposed to trying to do activities or chores or whatever my daily schedule was with a baby in my arms, what, in, what instead I allowed myself to do was sit with him in my arms and just mm. forget that to-do list for a while. Excuse you, Buster. Wow. Um, and so as I sat with him. Uh, in my arm, mm-hmm. that's when I realized this is where Lent is. It is in the sitting and the waiting. Yeah. It's in the sitting and the thinking. It's in the allowing myself to read a book, um, whether it was scripture or whether it was spiritual in nature, um, not necessarily picking up the phone and scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, but to sit and to do something for, I guess, my own spiritual mm-hmm. care. Um, and that is where I ended up finding God um, during this Lent, during the hard season that Lent always is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just had to allow myself to do that, and it's difficult because as a mom and as just my personality, I just want to be doing something and have control over that to-do right. list and just always have a project on the go, whether it's necessary or not. So to sit um, and read and sit and think or just sit and be, that's that's hard, mm-hmm. but that that is where God is. My daughter really wants to write on this piece of paper. Yes, you may. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't know if I answered any questions today, but I feel like I'm looking after all my kids while talking to you on the phone. (laughs) No, that's that's great, and I love that prayer. I I would love to see if we can post it on our site, if you allow us. Um, Beautiful prayer that you compose for your kids, but you compose for yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's never just for my kids. I always find in the end, it's mostly for me. Yes. Not yeah. selfishly, but um, out of necessity. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's so true. And you, you, you made me think of Holy Saturday. I mean, that's what Holy Saturday is. You sit and you wait. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and we, I love how we Catholics kind of pretend like we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so That's can... what I said to the kids the other day. They were skipping ahead in this book that we're going through during Holy Week. And I was like, don't read ahead. Yes. You don't want to know how it ends. But they all right. thought that was funny. So we, because that's how you can best sit. But as a yeah. mom that is used to, you need to know what's going to happen because you're the mom. And yeah. it's hard to just sit yeah. and not right. know. That's what's difficult. Yeah. And I like that you brought that up to Easter Saturday. Even when I was younger... Um, when I was a little kid myself, uh, Easter Saturday always had this feeling to it, and I could never yeah. really put words to it. Yeah, me too. Um, but I always liked to, not liked necessarily, but 
marveled at how the weather often reflected the season. Yeah. And Good Friday and Easter Saturday were often kind of Dreary. overcast, yes. darker days. Yes. And yeah, it just was a reflective reflection yes. of what was, I guess, that turmoil of us mm-hmm. waiting and wondering mm-hmm. um, and the heavens clouding over. And yeah, it just, God's smart. He knows how God's to smart. <laughs> make us live the yes. liturgical season in our everyday. Amen. Very good. Good lessons from your kids this season of Lent. Um, thank you. And yes, yes, I hope you, you let us post that prayer on sure, our website. Sure. We'll do yeah. that. Thank I will you. ask the children's permission. Thank Yes. <laughs> and thank them for helping you this time. Yeah, always. All right. Happy Easter. Same to you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace. She's also the writer of our documentary A Woman's Voice. And she is our parenting expert and the wife of David, the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Coming up in our second half hour, what's good in Hollywood, windows to the soul, and music from the thirsting, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to part two of a special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Coming up is Mark Matthews with What's Good in Hollywood and Sister Marie Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul. But let's start our second half hour with a song by Corey Marie. The song is fresh off the press. She wrote it for a Divine Mercy Sunday. It's going to be released next weekend. So nobody has heard this song yet. It's a song that combines a beautiful passage from St. Faustina's diary um, with Corey Marie's dad's own personal reflection. So Corey Marie says that it's a juxtaposition of this great saint's vulnerability and humility, as well as her declaration of the truth of who God is in all of that. And uh, she asked me to tell you that she hopes that when people hear it, they enter more deeply into the mystery of Jesus' true presence in the Eucharist. And I think that that will happen because it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, And you're hearing it here first. Here is Corey Marie with Humble Host. When the pain overwhelms my soul And the horizon darkens like the night And the heart is torn in two Jesus crucified Exerted 
That was Corey Marie with her new single, Humble Host, and it's going to be released on Divine Mercy Sunday everywhere where you get your music. That's iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google. You, they may even have it on YouTube. You can find more about Corey Marie and her music at her website, CoreyMarieMusic.com. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook. You can look for Deacon Pedro, and you can follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, welcome back to the Hello, program. Pedro. Happy Holy Thank End you. of Holy Week. Yes. Happy Holy Week to you too. Pre-Easter. Probably almost. Easter Sunday, Easter Saturday, by yes. the time our listeners hear this. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what uh, what have you been doing for Holy Week in uh, Hollywood? Um, not suffering enough. Uh, <laughs> you know, life is just, just too lavish here, so it, it's hard to, you know, find suffering when there's constantly gourmet food around you. So. And, and nice weather. And nice, yeah, exactly, nice weather. There's no cold. It, it's, it's rough. So. Good. Well, good. Okay, bye. Thank you. Happy Easter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need some extra suffering, so Do, doing my best, doing my best. Yes. So, I have uh, some good news uh, for our Canadian listeners. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yes. um, so uh, I'm sure you've heard of the movie Unplanned by now. It, uh, oh, yeah, of course. real yeah. life story of Abby Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, basically a worker for, pro, or for Planned Parenthood who became pro-life. Yes. Uh, they are uh, trying to get it in Canada, and they're thinking something around maybe a May release date. So. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, that's yeah. good to know because a lot of our yeah. uh, listeners, viewers, friends of mine are asking. And in fact, for people, if they are in Canada, th- th- maybe I should let them know. Thank you for letting uh, for for bringing it up, Mark. That there is a f- new Facebook group, Unplanned in Canada. If people want to look that up, and they can join so they can get more updates. But uh, there were no dates, so it's good to know that maybe May will be uh, yeah will yeah. be opening here in Canada. That's good to know. Thank you, Mark. That's of course. Good. Good news. If you're in Hollywood, you know that the dates are always changing and nothing's ever definite, but <laughs> yes. that's what I hear. Okay, so hope good. Hope pray for that. Okay. Yes. Good, but you have other good good news of what's uh, happening yes, in Hollywood. Other, other good news. So um, we, we know that our Lord quite often compared faith to the growth of plants, uh-huh. um, and, you know, depending on where you are, you know, maybe your community has the vitality of, of, a, of a tropical rainforest, mm-hmm. or if you're living in Hollywood... Uh, it's a little bit more like a desert. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's no life in a desert. It just means that you have to look a little harder. And when you do see those things, it's it's kind of beautiful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have kind of a, a story of, uh, of actually something that just happened to me recently of kind of, I think, a, a beautiful example of faith. Okay. Um, and it's maybe appropriate because you might have heard that California right now, we're in the middle of what's called a super bloom. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. Uh, basically, it only comes, I think, like once every five years, only when it really rains. Mm-hmm. And these once arid plains are just, they become lush green and then filled with flowers everywhere. Really? It's, if, when you're used to seeing a desert, it's kind of a really nice change. So, uh-huh. um, but the real life super bloom for me. So uh, I had my sister and my niece visiting me recently, okay. and uh, we got tickets to see a taping of Family Feud. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, I've been to a few TV show tapings, and I was kind of like, uh, you know, what's the big deal? Um, but this one was a lot more fun uh, than I expected. 
Um, we actually got front row seats, which was really cool. Um, but something, a lot of the sort of the, the crowd herding staff said, they said, oh, this is great because Steve Harvey, the host, really likes interacting with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know, Steve Harvey took over about eight years hosting it, and the yeah. ratings have just kind of like skyrocketed. They went really? from like two million viewers to something like 8.8 million viewers. Really? Which is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah wow. it's like the second most popular daytime syndicated TV show, I guess, right wow. now. So. Now, the cool thing is, and I didn't know this because I haven't watched Family Feud for a while, uh-huh. but Steve is regularly dropping God into the conversation really? on TV. Really? Uh, and so you would be talking with the contestants. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes it's kind of like that thing, you know, when God opens a door, you just got to go through it. Huh. And I, first of all, I just was touched by that. It's kind of nice to know that the mainstream media hasn't sort of completely secularized and sanitized, you know, God away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and great to see. It's like, you know, none of the networks or the, you know, managers could object to this because their, their ratings are skyrocketing. So, so that's fantastic. Right. The part that really uh, kind of blew me away was that after the show was done taping, um, he took 10 minutes to talk to the studio audience um, and not even talk, more like preach to really? the studio audience. He basically said there had been a period in his life when he was living out of his car for three years. Uh, un- not unlike most of my other aspiring Hollywood friends. You know, it really is you know, a lot of poverty. Mm-hmm. But he, he said he was praying and he said to God, he said, God, if you can get me out of this, he's like, I'm going to take you wherever I go. I'm going to preach you. <laughs> and so he was just calling on people. He was like, you know, God might have you in the dirt, you know, and in the darkness. But he's like, don't forget that when you're in the dirt and the darkness, he's like, the dirt has nutrients and it's got <laughs> water. And you have to be in that dirt before you can, you know, prepare, prepare and grow and uh, I just thought, I'm like, wow, what a fantastic message. I'm yeah. like, it's kind of very Catholic. It's embracing, uh, emphasizing the importance of, you know, suffering in God's plan for our life. Yeah. And I also thought, I'm like, oh, what a perfect message for Lent as well, too. <laughs> you know, we're kind of right now undergoing our own penance and fasting, sort of digging ourselves into the dirt. Um, but it was just so fantastic to hear him preach this. And there's, there's people in the studio audience, they're going, oh, yeah, amen, come on, preach it, brother, preach it, brother. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, and then he, so he spent a lot of time talking about that, and then he said, yeah, you know, you got to ask God. God said, you know, ask, you know, and you will receive. And, and granted, a little bit towards the end, you know, his theology kind of wandered a little bit into, like, prosperity theology, where it focuses too much maybe on what you want. But the majority of his message was talking about this, like, being in the dirt and undergoing suffering and what God is preparing us for. Wow. Um, So, uh, and and I suspect he does this with probably, like, every one of his studio audiences, and that's probably, like, a hundred people, you know, like, I don't know, four times a day, two times or four times a day. So it's like, 
I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So how's that for a good thing in Hollywood? That, that's, the, I think, one of the best ones, actually, because that's, that's why we're doing this segment. So people can, can pray for Family Feud and for, for the, the Family Feud, can we call it a church? Do you think people go there like every <laughs> once <laughs> yeah, a week? Church, for, for Church of Family Feud. The Church of go, Steve Harvey. Yeah. Um, did, can I ask you how that works? Do you have to pay for those tickets? Or are they free? Like most of the tapings here in uh, Toronto go, are free. You go online. I think it's an organization called Online Studio Audiences. Yeah. Um, you sign up for it. They got kind of a whole system to, like, you know, make sure the right, right. people get the tickets and there's a right. certain number. But yeah, anytime you you don't pay for them, they're free. So if so that, so if people there, are if people are planning a trip to L.A. or Hollywood and they wanna, you know, they can they can go online and they can see if they yeah. can get tickets to this particular, well, you know, to Family Feud. Exactly. Or any okay, other show. Yeah, you can. You can go get the, the Steve Harvey preaching. So that's that is such a good thing, and it's a, a as you said a great message for Lent and Easter. That uh, yeah, you know that that's not and, they're not all pagans in Hollywood. Exactly, and and I just thought I'm like yeah, what a nice example. It's like yeah, it's like it isn't all pagan. You know, that's such yeah. a nice little beautiful example of witness. You know, just like a a flower blooming in the desert. Yeah, no, and I love that the that the message that the dirt. We're in the dirt. That doesn't mean that yeah. we, we, we're not being fed because the dirt has nutrients yeah. and, and, and everything yeah, we need. Like yeah. God is preparing such us. a simple you know, message and analogy I'd never thought of before. It's like, yes, the dirt has nutrients. Beautiful. How important. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, when's it airing so we can tune in and watch you uh, on Family Feud? Oh, uh, apparently <laughs> sometime in September. I okay. think you'll see the back of my head. I doubt you'll see the front of my face. <laughs> yeah, it's like, often, who's that but, tall guy sitting I, in the front I, row? Yeah, it was really fun. Even in between at the commercial breaks, they had like a dance competition, yeah. like among the studio audience. And I got up there and did my little bit of break dancing to try and win oh, one of like great. the question cards, you know, for my niece kind of a thing. And that's I actually great. got it. That's so. wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay, yeah. very good. You've left me with a with a Hollywood high of what's good in Hollywood. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter season. And we look forward to talking to you soon. And thanks for the news about Unplanned. Uh, lots yes. of people praying for yeah. that as well. Please so keep that in your prayers. There you go. Remember to keep Hollywood in your prayers. Thank you, Mark. Amen. What, what's All good? Right. In, God bless you, Pedro. Yes, amen. What's good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark Matthews is a professional working in Hollywood, and you can follow him at HU Mission. Hey guys, this is PJ Anderson, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. This is our 2019 Easter special. Learn all about the Salt and Light Hour and listen to all these segments again at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome to the show. Almost happy Easter. <laughs> happy Easter. And happy Holy Week, or Triduum. Maybe yes. that's the best way to happy yes. sacred Triduum. Absolutely. Um, so I mm-hmm. have had a lot of um, time, a little extra time to catch up on all the 2018 films that I missed. Okay. I should say all, but many of them. Yeah. And it was really striking me. You know, last, um, in March, we passed the one-year anniversary of Pope Francis' document on the call to holiness in today's world. Okay, yes. And I've been praying with that document, and as I was doing that and watching these films, I thought, I was thinking, what kind of heroism is the world holding up to us today, you know, uh-huh. for admiration and imitation? And, you know, how does that compare with 
the greatest heroism of holiness. Right. And, you know, this week and next week, these are two of the most sacred weeks of the Church's year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the liturgies of Holy Week, where we witness Jesus' great love for us in his passion, death, and resurrection, um, and, and really the greatest expression of holy, holiness and heroism that a human person can, can reach for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, so it felt like the, the right time to look at this heroism and holiness. Mm-hmm. And I do think that sometimes we need, I mean, Jesus' example is the ultimate example, but sometimes we need to look at heroes of our own time and culture. Right. And what's interesting about the, the sampling of the movies that I saw from 2018 in these past few weeks is that they were mostly superhero films and biopics. So okay. they, they all had to do with heroism Mm -hmm. to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I think these movies can all, I I think all the movies I'm going to mention can offer us some inspiration on how we're called to live as human beings created in the image and likeness of God. I think each of them have heroic attributes in them. But two of the biopics that I watched um, kind of gave us a one-sided or a lopsided view of heroism. And Mm -hmm. I'm speaking particularly of Bohemian Rhapsody, Okay. Um, which is, of course, the perhaps the most acclaimed film of 2018, the story yes. of the hugely popular rock group Queen, and especially the lead singer, Freddie Mercury, um, whose driving ambition in the f- expressed in the film, and who you could say, I think, his God-given mission, mm-hmm. is to give people, um, to, to bring harmony to the world, to give people what they want, mm. musically and experientially speaking. Um and the other film, the other biopic that was that struck me strongly was the uh, truly it's a story of a truly great heroine, Marie Colvin, who is a war correspondent right. for close to twenty years, who takes tremendous risks to give a voice to the victims of war, to help people care about the tragic consequences of war. You know, and you could say those aren't fair comparisons, and of course, but each person, you, I think you can make a really good argument mm-hmm. that both people are really fulfilling their God-given mission, in a way, yeah. uh, to bring the truth, to bring harmony to the world, and we can admire them for what they did, but each of them ended up suffering great, great costs, and it wasn't always related to the fulfillment of their mission. You know, um, they thought they either couldn't have relationships or they spent time in destructive relationships and behavior. Uh, the, in, the, in the case of the journalist, Marie Colvin, her friends are trying to help her to see that her drive for the truth had become an addiction to danger, you know, to going to the war front. Right. Uh, you know, these people really struggle at being with, at peace with themselves. And I think, I think they reinforce that myth of the tortured artist or the tortured genius, you know, and... It's not that I expect, you know, that we can expect any hero to be perfect, right? They, right? These are all human persons, human beings, who have their limits. But I do believe that heroism can become even greater or possible when it's nurtured by the strong relationships in our lives. Okay. Relationships, first of all, with God, and then with the special people in our lives, our family, our community. Hmm. You know, I think God calls us to a holiness that's 360 degrees that it permeates our whole life, Mm -hmm. especially the little moments, which is where Pope Francis's description of holiness, I think, is really powerful. He talks about the little gestures of holiness. Yes. So 
I, I, you know, rather than highlight those two films as, you know, great heroes, great people to admire in many ways, but if we're looking for something that will inspire us on our journey to heroism and holiness, a, a holy wholeness, I want to say, yeah. there are two films that really stood out for me from last year. Okay. And the first one is Roma. Mm. You know, Roma is the, you know, the artistic, it's a, it's a slow-moving fictional story based on the story of a, a real person, the, the nanny of the film's director, yeah. um, it, who was a domestic servant um, from the indigenous people of Mexico who really served this wealthy family in Mexico in the 1960s. I found this movie, and now, granted, it's got to be a contemplative experience, <laughs> but yeah. because it is more artistic, but yes. I found it an exquisite portrayal of a very humble person, a humble servant who, in both the little and big moments of her life, is completely dedicated to the family and the children she serves. Hmm. You know, she's far from perfect. She looks for love in a superficial relationship. But we never see her holding back from giving herself in love, especially to the children. Um, and it's striking because we see the contrast between her very hardworking, difficult life and the easy life which she's witnessing and beside that she's not in, um, you know, in the family that she's, she's serving. And, you know, there's a lot of little gestures of love that Gaudete et Exultate talks about. Right. And yeah. It's, it, it's really present in the film. You know, to me, Roma is really a meditation on one of God's little ones who are chosen, who mm. are vulnerable and little and poor, and yet Interesting, who yeah. live the Beatitudes. So um, yeah. for this Easter season, um, I saw it during Lent, but as this Easter season, I'm going to rewatch the film, looking for the Beatitudes, and see if I can find all eight of them illustrated yeah. in the film. Interesting. It's it's a powerful film, even though, you know, it, it's a thought-provoking film. Mm -hmm. The other film that I think brings us closer to a genuine portrayal of holy wholeness is A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. And that's, of course, the sci-fi thriller that could be a family film. Um, it's, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic story, you know, of a family who's um, facing utter destruction from undefeatable aliens who have destroyed human civilization by tracking down human beings through an ultra-sensitive ability to hear. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a thriller. It's a definitely edge of the seat um, for the whole movie kind of movie. Yeah. Um, and yet the parents' love for each child in their family, even their unborn child, mm -hmm. is so great that... You know, it makes no sense to raise children in this environment, and yet they do. And they seek to survive all together, to protect and nurture the lives of their children. Um, they, you know, their efforts are incredibly creative. Um, and despite the fact that this movie is keeps you on the edge of the seat, there's many intimate, haunting moments mm -hmm. of tenderness and kindness and a, a deeper sharing of life, which mm -hmm. I think makes these characters really credible and the story really amazingly moving. Yeah. So, you know, so um, so I'm kind of going out on a limb here doing something very different than I usually do with our segment, but I just found these films highlight that noblest quality of both heroism and holiness, that self-sacrificing love, yeah. the laying down of one's life for the sake of the other that we celebrate yes. in Jesus' life during Holy Week and Easter. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I see that. So you're defining, or Gaudete Exortate would define that holy holiness, heroism, as, as giving your all, which is a Christ-like, I mean, absolutely quality. I get it. So Roma and A Quiet Place, if people haven't watched it, watch them. They should go watch them. Um, great films. And if, if you're looking for a family film, um, because even A Quiet Place, you know, it's, it's pretty scary unless yes. your kids are used to being scared. There is, of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> which is a family film, an animated family film that also explores what heroism means and costs. Um, for for the world and also for the heroes themselves. I mean, it's a lighthearted um, look at heroism, but I think it works. Um, and there's a great line towards the end where young Miles talks about, you know, he's just become Spider-Man, and he says, I never thought I'd be able to do any of this. Yeah, you know, but that's great. I can, and if I can, anyone can. Yes. You, know, you, you do it too. There you go. That's a good, good advice for those of us seeking holiness. Um, thank you, sister. Um, so there you go. Some, some, some suggestions for films to watch if you haven't watched them yet. Uh, thank you, sister. Um, oh, you're so welcome. It, yes. was, it was actually really fun to look at the films through the lens of heroism. Absolutely. So have a blessed Easter season. Thank you. You too. And to everybody who's listening. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windows2thesoul.wordpress.com and follow her on Twitter at Sister M. Paul. And now to take us out is The Thirsting with I Thirst from their album Universal Youth. My beautiful listening to The Thirsting with I Thirst from their album Universal Youth. You can learn more about The Thirsting at thethirstingcatholic.com and uh, this song will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org radio. On that same page, you can find links to all the artists whom we feature on this program. You can send us your comments to radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook and Twitter and remember that the Salt and Light Hour is a ministry of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation in Canada. You can learn all about Salt and Light and what we do at our website, saltandlighttv.org. Today we heard music from PJ Anderson, Corey Marie, and The Thirsting. And this show would not be possible without the support of our generous Catholic artists. So please go to their websites and uh, find out how you can support them and uh, their ministries. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we hope that you have a holy and blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been our special Easter edition of the Salt and Light Hour.